Hello and welcome to another episode of Lockdown Wolves. Today on the show, it's the post-game podcast from the Timberwolves' win over the Rockets on Sunday. Plus, Chris Finch and the Wolves coaching staff is heading to Indianapolis to coach the All-Star Game. We'll talk about how they got there on Sunday, specifically uh, dominant defense against a Houston team with Elper and Shengun, somebody who many people thought was an All-Star snub. We'll talk about how Rudy Gobert dominated the paint and how Anthony Edwards dominated the second half. It's all upcoming. Welcome in. You are Lockdown Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn, LinkedIn Jobs. Helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NBA. That's linkedin.com slash NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Happy Monday, everybody. Hopefully you had a fantastic weekend. And uh, it's a victory Monday after a big win on Sunday for the Wolves. Of course, that coming on the heels of a of a disappointing loss Friday against Orlando. I'll kind of touch on that tangentially over the course of the show here today because uh, I think Sunday's Result matters even more given the context of Friday's loss. We didn't have a full post-game pod after Friday's game. So there's a couple of points I want to make there as well. Um, But overall, a really, really solid win for the Wolves on Sunday. And that's what we'll talk about here today on the show. And of course, congrats to Chris Finch and the Timberwolves coaching staff for uh, learning that they will lead the Western Conference. Of course, this weekend was the deadline based on best record in the West and uh, whatever the tiebreaker was. I think it's conference record is the tiebreaker because the Wolves and Thunder have the same record and the same head-to-head record. So the third tiebreaker for the coaching staff of the West is conference record, and the Wolves have a three-game better record in the conference, 24-8 and eight versus 21-11 and 11 for OKC. So Finch and the Wolves staff will be headed to Indy here in a couple of weeks. Uh, lots to get to here today. First of all, though, off the top here, big thank you. For those of you that do make Lockdown Wolves your first, listen every single day. This show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon at Fire TV. And you can follow on X at Lockdown T Wolves and also at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. All right. Uh, the story for this one is the Timberwolves' defense. And you didn't need to watch the game to know that, but I'm going to tell you what you missed if you didn't watch the game. Timberwolves held Houston to 35.2% shooting in this game. Houston's, uh, I mean, they're obviously have been struggling a little bit more lately, but um, Houston's not a great matchup for Minnesota. And, you know, the offense hasn't been very good for them, and that helps. Uh, but it was a... Basically, full-strength Houston team, you know, uh, last time the Wolves faced the Rockets, they were not at full strength. And, it, you know, given what happened Friday, the Timberwolves lost to a full-strength Magic team, who I think is actually a worse matchup for Minnesota. And I said this on Friday, but, you know, previewing that Magic game. Uh, it was really good to see them dominate the way that they did on Sunday against uh, against this Houston team. I mean, dominate to the extent of 35% shooting, 33% from three uh, dominating the paint, dominating the glass, all things we're going to get into here today. I want to hit kind of the, the blow by blow in the game, uh, and then I'll hit my key takeaways. So the Timberwolves in the first quarter were were dominant right out of the gate. 
I mean, they didn't have any turnovers. It, it was a relative. It was like a close game mid first quarter, right? Uh, but then towards the end of the first quarter, the Wolves kind of asserted their will. Ended up eight at the ended up up eight by the end of the first quarter. They had zero turnovers in the first quarter, which is extremely unusual for Minnesota, as uh, you, un, as many of us are, um, very familiar with. The Timberwolves have still, even after this game, when actually they ultimately did turn it over too much. They still have the league's worst turnover rate. Talking about a team that has the best record in the West and has been one of the best three or four teams all year in the NBA, has the 30th ranked turnover rate, and yet they turned in a first quarter with zero turnovers. Now, I'm sure the film session that the Timberwolves had on Saturday following that loss to Orlando on Friday, uh, after a hideous fourth quarter once again against Orlando on Friday night, that may have had some impact on how the Timberwolves performed in the first quarter. Zero turnovers. But then again, in the second quarter, they turn around and have nine miscues. So they already had nine turnovers by halftime, which, you know, for a game that would be a decent number to only turn it over nine times, but it's still kind of pushing it. And they managed nine turnovers in a quarter, which is really unsightly, to put it to put it kindly. And somehow they were still only outscored by four in the second quarter. Uh, I say somehow. It's not because of their offense. It's because of their defense. Minnesota was only outscored 21-17 in the second quarter. They turned in their best, arguably their best defensive quarter, when it mattered most, uh, I would say the third quarter is maybe marginally better because that's when they kind of put their foot down and said, all right, this this game ends now, basically. And Ant went crazy. We'll talk about that in a second. But the second quarter, the Wolves only lost 21-17 despite nine turnovers. Uh, both Ant and Cat were extremely quiet. I think I think Ant might have had seven and Cat had six or five at halftime. I believe Nas was the leading scorer at halftime. It was, uh, or maybe it was Rudy, actually. Uh, but it wasn't Ant or Cat. They both were very quiet in the first half, and this Wolves were only up four at halftime, and it felt like they were in control, weirdly, just because the defense was so good, and they had the paint so locked down, and they were out-rebounding Houston and, and all this stuff. Really, the only way Houston was hanging around was fast-break points, points off turnovers, uh, which were basically one and the same in this game. Uh, and so it was only a four-point Minnesota lead at halftime. Then in the third quarter, Anthony Edwards starts to go crazy, gets really hot. The Wolves start to pull away. The defense just really locks down. Shengun, I think, scored four points in the second half of this game. Um, Shengun finished with 15 points on 14 attempts, had three turnovers and only one assist. And uh, this was this was fun because uh, if if you paid attention on X or or wherever on uh, on the socials after the All Star reserves were announced last Thursday. There were plenty of Rockets fans that felt like Shingun was slighted in favor of Towns for the All-Star game. And uh, while Towns did not have his best game at all, by any stretch of the imagination, um, Rudy Gobert completely, mostly Gobert, and actually Cat, Cat was decent defensively. Offensively, he was not very good in this game. But mostly Rudy, with a little bit of of Cat and Jade McDaniels mixed in there, really shut down Alperin Shingun. Like, really shut him down. It was It was a sight to behold. And uh, he could just never get going. The Wolves were physical with him. Uh, credit to the officials. Well, there were some bad misses in this game, as there usually are. Uh, they let some things go in the paint. Ultimately, both teams shot 27 free throws. But early in this game, Shengun was like the Wolves were being physical with him. And we've seen fouls called for less. And the officials let them play. And the Timberwolves ultimately just really shut down Alperin Shengun. The third quarter, uh, really strong third quarter for the Wolves. They outscored Houston by 12 in the frame, and so they were up 16 going to the fourth. They stretched the lead all the way to 28 with some more, really a flurry from everybody in the fourth. Cat got going a little bit. Uh, Ant, uh, you know, 
kept going from what he did in the third quarter was fantastic. And the Timberwolves just kept doing what they'd been doing defensively. And and Houston, like they also missed a couple of bunnies around the rim, but um, this was more due to the Timberwolves defense than anything else. I mean, Minnesota really locked down Houston. Um, and uh, that to me was the biggest thing in this game. I mean, the paint was completely closed for the Rockets. I want to get into some of those numbers and dive a bit a bit more into the box score. And then I have, eh, we'll call it three and a half takeaways here from this game before we get to individual studs and duds, but all in all, a really impressive win for Minnesota against a, you know, a borderline playoff, probably a play in team in the Houston Rockets uh, and a team that theoretically could have been a difficult matchup for Minnesota, especially coming off of a disappointing loss on Friday to the magic. All right, we'll break down those key takeaways and individual studs and duds. We'll do all that here next. Today's episode of lockdown wolves is brought to us by our friends at LinkedIn jobs. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion, with a B, a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86%, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within just 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or the resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions that makes the process even easier and quicker. There are more than 2.5 million small businesses that use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NBA. Again, for free, that's linkedin.com slash NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Today's episode is also sponsored by our friends at BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest. Big or small, certain things can really start to get to you. It's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased on your life. So today I want to say how I really feel about something. You might even be thinking about the same thing this week, and uh, it may seem trivial, but we all get upset about different things. We all want to uh, let different things out, and what I'm a little bit upset about today is the way that Rudy Gobert is treated nationally, and the fact that the discourse about all-star snubs in the Western Conference was so much more about Alperin Sengun. Uh, you know, there's plenty of national guys out there who who said that, uh, but not about Rudy Gobert, who will who is literally odds-on favorite right now at FanDuel to win the NBA Defensive Player of the Year award. And for the Defensive Player of the Year to not receive legitimate, I don't want to say he didn't receive consideration, but to not even be talked about as one of the biggest snubs is really crazy to me. Uh, Rudy had a great quote. I forget who had it on Twitter, uh, so apologies for whoever transcribed it. But he said something in the locker room the other day about, hey, uh, whoever... Um, or when Cat called him to say, hey, man, you should have made the All-Star team, he said, don't worry, we could talk about this when at my Hall of Fame induction. Because Rudy's going to be in the Hall of Fame, but the man's only been to four All-Star teams because people don't appreciate defense as much as they appreciate offense. Um, we've all got stuff to get off our chest, and maybe you just need somebody to talk to about it. Again, may seem trivial, but not everything, even if it seems trivial on the surface, it matters to be able to talk to somebody again, somebody who's unbiased about your own life. Therapy can look different for everyone. Most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports team. 
And it's important to get those things off your chest every once in a while. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockdownNBA to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockdownNBA. Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Okay, um, key takeaways from this one. I already hit on uh, part of my first one, which is the the paint and the dominance of Rudy Gobert and the Timberwolves in the paint. I'm going to throw up some stats here if you're watching on YouTube. And these are the overall box score stats from the game. But rebounding 58-41. to 41. Minnesota was a plus 17 on the glass, which is something that, you know, uh, the Wolves are still top 10 in defensive rebound rate, depending on where you look. If you look on basketball reference, they're number two. I think they're seven or eight on cleaning the glass uh, because they filter out garbage time. So, no matter how you slice it, they're number two in defensive rebounding. Offensive rebounding hasn't been a major uh, boon for the Wolves. They've been bottom 10 all season. They actually out offensive rebounded Houston in this game for what it's worth, 11 to 10. Um, but they, again, plus 17 on the glass is no small feat when you play against a team that wants to play at a much faster pace than you. Houston's in the top half of the league, barely, but top half of the league in pace. The Wolves are, you know, one of the slowest paced teams in the league. Houston's a pretty mediocre offensive rebounding team, but they are a good defensive rebounding team. So for Minnesota to get 11 offensive rebounds and give themselves an opportunity to get some second chance points was really big. Uh, so plus 17 in terms of rebounding in this game for Minnesota. Overall points in the paint for this game was 56 to 38. Minnesota was a plus 18 points in the paint. So plus 17 on the glass overall, plus 18 points in the paint. And that is absolute sheer dominance when it comes to uh, to paint play overall in this game. And this is not a very big Houston team, right? I mean, it's Shen Goon, it's Jabari Smith Jr. That's kind of it. Um, you know, Ahmed Thompson, I guess, off the bench a little bit. But, like, this is a team that Minnesota needed to dominate down low, and they did. Rudy did it. Yeah, his stat line's nice, 17 and 13. But again, and four blocks, by the way, this is the quintessential, like, the 17 and 13 and four blocks does not begin to paint an accurate picture of just how dominant Rudy Gobert was in this game. I mean, I mean, he locked the paint down. This was again, classic, like Jalen green, you know, dribbles into the paint veers away. As soon as he sees Rudy like that, that scenario played itself out over and over again. Uh, it's just remarkable. And, and, if, if people haven't watched Rudy Gobert on a consistent basis, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, and, and I would, like, I watched him when the Jazz played the Wolves. I watched him on national TV and the occasional league pass game. But, like, I didn't watch Rudy enough in Utah to truly appreciate on a night-in and night-out basis how dominant he is in terms of just deterrence. Like, guys don't even try to shoot in the paint. Like, it's notable when opponents make a shot in the paint with Rudy on the floor, and it happens just from sheer volume. But... Compared to when he's not on the floor, like we saw early second quarter, it really is mid-second quarter, Houston made a bit of a run when the Wolves couldn't score on their end. Rudy had to come back in the game because Nas and and Cat could not hold the paint down in nearly the same fashion as Rudy could. And then, you know, from that point on, it was like nothing for 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 the Rockets in the paint because Rudy was so dominant. Um, I would also say on the offensive side, 
Now, Minnesota only ended up with, what, 111 points in this game? Yeah, 111 points. Um, turnovers were an issue. But the second quarter was also when, um, I don't want to say ironically, it's a little bit weird because you would assume that if there was less ball movement, you'd maybe have less turnovers. But that's actually not the case with this Timberwolves team. The second quarter was bad offensively for Minnesota all the way around. They had nine turnovers, but it wasn't because they were overpassing. And occasionally they get into that where it's like, hey, we want to make the showtime pass, whatever. Um, this was more just sloppy play overall. And yeah, a lot of the turnovers came on passes, but it's because they came out of isolation situations. It wasn't ball movement in the flow of the offense. It wasn't like, hey, we're moving the ball side to side. We're going to run this set. We're going to drive and kick. It was ISO, 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 try to make an incredible pass or, you know, whatever. Um, there was a travel mixed in there, right? Like it was the ball movement ground to a halt in the second quarter. And the turnovers skyrocketed from zero in the first quarter to nine in the second. Other than the second quarter, the Timberwolves offense had really good ball movement all night long. Um, you know, you'd love to see more than 21 assists on 40 made field goals. But uh, I thought overall the ball movement was very good in this game besides the second quarter. Conley had nine assists. Kyle Anderson had four. Nobody else had more than two. But the and, and I should also say the third slash fourth quarter surge by Ant. That was a lot of ISO ball, right? And this is this is this is what's so difficult. And I don't envy Chris Finch trying to explain this to the team and trying to like get this to to become habit for Anthony Edwards. Like when you're on a heater like that, fine, you're super talented. It's one of the reasons why, you know, there's been a couple of reasons I've cited why I'm not super worried about the Wolves' offense, at least in terms of improving over the course of the rest of the season, because I think it'll keep getting better. One of them is because. Um, the only real issue is turnover rate. When they get good shots, they generally make them. Their effective field goal percentage is good. They get to the line a fair amount. One of the reasons why I'm positive is or I have a positive outlook on where the Wolves offense could go is because I think if they could just figure out suppressing these turnovers a little bit, they could be really good on offense. Top 10, really. The second reason is a little bit weird because it's part of the reason the turnover rate is so high. When Ant gets on a heater, like nobody could stop him. They just can't. It really is like the ceiling of a hot Anthony Edwards is is like a Hall of Fame player on the floor. Like when he gets going, it's it's absolutely impossible to stop. And it happens every few games and it happened in this game and it didn't really matter what else happened. And then, but like next time out, they play the Bulls on Wednesday. Like, is this going to happen again? Or a Tuesday, excuse me. Um, what if he's not hot? Like, is he still going to try and shoot himself into a rhythm? And, and that still happens occasionally. And in this case, it didn't really matter because he was hot. Um, so, like, I would say turnovers in this game, this is another takeaway I have, it's the only reason this wasn't a 40-point win. I mean, they were up 28 when garbage time started. They ended up only winning by 21. Um, but without the turnovers, which were 15, they out-turnovered the Rockets in this game, 15-11. to 11. Without those turnovers, this is probably a 35-40 point win for Minnesota because they held Houston to 35% shooting. They were plus 17 on the glass, plus 18 in the paint. Uh, they shot the ball well enough from three. They got to the line enough. Like This was a really, really well-rounded Timberwolves game and a defensively dominant game for Minnesota. The only problem was the 16 turnovers. Like That's the only thing that kind of went awry in this game. Last thing, and I, I'm going to very likely spend a lot more time on Tuesday's show on this, but I had to mention it because I was... I like After this game, of course, I looked up the before recording the show, I looked up the de updated defensive rating um, rankings on cleaning the glass. Minnesota, of course, is still number one. It's not close. The last time that there's been a defense 
that had a margin as big as the Wolves' defense is defensive rating-wise over the second-best team in the league was 2015-16 when San Antonio had far and away the league's best defense and won 67 games, which, by the way, that was the year that Golden State only lost nine games. But San Antonio had the league's best defense, and it was not close. They had a 3.1 point per possession advantage over Atlanta, who had the league's second best defense. Currently this season, Minnesota has a 2.6 point per possession advantage in terms of defensive rating over the second best defense in the league, and that's the Cleveland Cavs. 2.6, and it's 3.4 better than the third place Boston team. Um I want to spend more time on this, but I think that context is really important. Like the Wolves defense is really good. It's 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 really good, right? Everybody knows that. It's genuinely dominant. It's genuinely dominant. I want to spend more time on that on Tuesday's show. Of course, we'll also preview the Bulls game too. Uh, but I want to, you know, the main topic of the show is going to be providing some additional context for just how good this Minnesota defense is. All right, let's close close the show by looking at individual studs and duds, and uh, that'll be uh, that'll be all here for today. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday, it's coming up this Sunday, just six days away. It's all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. We have a tradition every year. We watch with the same people. We get together. We make prop bets right beforehand. I can't wait. I've already got some in mind. Um, FanDuel is the best place to go do that. There are so many ways that you can end the season with a W or two or three, or hopefully, in my case, because we place a lot of prop bets. Uh, FanDuel has a lot of ways for you to have more than two or three Ws, hopefully, on Super Bowl Sunday. Not only can you bet on who will win the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for how which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored overall, and so much more. New customers, join today. You'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, individual studs and duds from Wolves Rockets on Sunday. Pretty easy to, to kind of figure these ones out. Number one for me is Rudy Gobert. 17 and 13, four blocks, zero turnovers for Rudy Gobert. Seven of nine shooting, three of five at the line. He was a game high plus 32 in a game that the Wolves won by 21, and they were up 28 when garbage time started. Rudy was phenomenal. I've already spent a lot of time talking about just how dominant he was in the paint. The actual blocks were impressive, like four blocks in a game is awesome. Uh, But again, it's the deterrence and the altering of shots that don't show up in, in the traditional box score but show through in you know some of the other numbers we've talked about at Cleaning the Glass or B-Ball Index or wherever, the rim deterrence and the opponent field goal percentage against at the rim or just overall when Rudy's defending is phenomenal. And he was awesome in this game. Anthony Edwards is the second stud for me. No question about that. 32 points, 11 of 22 shooting. Uh, 32 on 22 shots is awesome. Four of eight on three, six of eight at the line. Other than maybe one of his three-point heat checks, I actually thought the shot selection was pretty good. I talked about all the iso ball that he played. But even in the context of him being on a heater, I didn't necessarily hate a lot of the shots. Like, there were maybe two threes. Like, there was one step back that was, you know, maybe it was not maybe. It was ill-advised. But there, you know, for the most part, those 22 shots, most of them were actually pretty decent. I thought he passed the ball okay. I know he only had one assist and four turnovers, but uh, I thought it was good offensively in this game, and it was it was nice to see him uh, perform this well 
in uh you know coming out of what happened Friday to the Wolves against the Magic. Um, those are the top two studs. I thought that was pretty clear. Beyond that, it gets a little bit murky. Cat, I thought, was good defensively. He struggled early to score and then just never really got a rhythm. I don't know that he was a stud or a dud in this game because I thought he was good defensively. He was part of the Wolves' overall strong defense as a team. I think I'm actually going to go with Nas. I mean, Nas started a little bit slow, but he came on when it mattered. Um, and when Cat was down, you know, wasn't playing all that well, uh, Picked up a fourth foul, actually, pretty early in the third quarter. Nas played well as the Wolves pulled away. 13 points on 5 of 11 shooting for Nas Reed. 1 of 4 on threes, 2 of 3 at the line. 6 boards, 2 blocks, and a steal. Nas joined the block party. Cat uh, also had 2 blocks. So the team as a whole had 11 blocks in this game, which is a, a big number. Um, but a good Nas Reed game overall, for sure. Uh, also, to shout out, uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker was really good when he was matched up with Jalen Green and, and some of the other Rockets players that you're worried about from a a scoring standpoint. He also had seven rebounds in this game, was third on the team in rebounding, which was which was great. Um, Jaden McDaniels, not a great game box score-wise from him, but again, defensively, I thought he was very good. Um, I, I mean, nobody on the Rockets scored more than 15 points. Shangun had 15 on 14 shots. Cam Whitmore did some stuff in the second half, finished with 14 points on 13 shots. Uh, I mean, Jalen Green had eight points on 15 attempts in this game. Like Jaden and Alexander Walker and others shut him down. Eight points on 15 shots. Uh, he, you know, I think he had a one shot that made it into the NBA TV highlight package for the game, which, I mean, come on, the dude had eight points on 15 shots. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the 0-5 shooting that the Wolves forced him into from outside the arc. Um, overall, a very strong defensive performance from the Wolves. And of course, McDaniels and Alexander Walker get a ton of credit for that, along with Rudy Gobert. I, this was the perfect combination. I mean, anytime you hold another team to 90 points, and by the way, when garbage time started, they had what, 76 points, I think? I'm gonna see if I can find it real quick. Like, garbage time gave them some points they would not have otherwise had. Let me find it real quick. They had... Uh, they had 75 points when garbage time started. This was a 103-75 game with four minutes to play. And, you know, the Rockets scored 15 points over the final four minutes of the game of straight garbage time. And Minnesota's deep bench was a minus seven in those minutes. So uh, a really, truly dominant defensive performance. I'll throw up those stats once more that I had up earlier if you're watching on YouTube. A plus 17 on the glass. A, uh, a, a field goal percentage advantage of nearly 10 points. Houston was 35.2% for the field. Minnesota was 444 percent from the field. Minnesota did turn it over five more times in this game, which again is the only reason this wasn't a 35, 40 point victory margin for Minnesota. Um, all things considered a really impressive win for the Timberwolves. They've got an opportunity still here to like, I know I've been saying this for a while and they've kind of just been a little better than treading water, right? Like, I mean, nice wins over OKC and, um, I mean, that's really kind of the only great win over the last couple of weeks. A, a pretty dominant win over the Wizards mixed in there uh, and the Memphis game a couple of weeks ago. But they've mostly been treading water over the past couple of weeks. Now, even though this is a long five-game road trip with a bit of a break in between where they'll come back home, um, at the Bulls, that's a game you got to win on Tuesday, right? I mean, Levine's out for the year now. I know they played well without him on the floor, but um, they got to win that game at Chicago Tuesday because you go at Milwaukee on Thursday then they're off for three straight days. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, no games. At the Clippers Monday night on NBA TV, that's a big game. Of course, the Wolves beat the Clippers a few weeks ago. They're one of, I think the Clippers are what, 21 and five or something since December 1st. Minnesota beat LA the last time they saw them. And then they get two straight games in Portland. This is a road trip you have to go three and two on. You got to win both games in Portland and you got to beat Chicago. 
if you could win one of two, either Milwaukee or the Clippers game, you're going to feel really good about yourself. Um, and uh, those are obviously both difficult games. But a stretch where the Wolves can can do some stuff coming up here as leading into the All-Star break. And then, I mean, this was the Wolves' last home game before the break. They don't have another home game until February 23rd. That is from right now, uh, 18 days from now. And they'll have, again, a brief break at home between Milwaukee and L.A. They'll come back to Minneapolis and then obviously the All-Star break. But they don't play another home game until February 23rd. So uh, this was a big win for Minnesota, no question about it. And another opportunity to pick up a big win at the start of the road trip on Tuesday against the Bulls. That's all we have for you here today. A big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, the show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app and also on X at Lockdown T-Wolves and at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Of course, Lockdown has also launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Lockdown Wolves is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves Podcast, and we'll catch you next time.